pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings and welcome back to your Kinetic Bleed podcast for manifesting your abundant life. I am Stephen Canyon, so glad to have all you guys back with us today. And if you'd like to receive an occasional encouraging text message from the podcast table, text the word KINETIC to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. And also, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. Also, if you'd like to be on the Kinetic Belief Podcast, the number to call is 720-626-8649. We'd love to hear from you. Comments, questions, all those things are welcome. <laughs> Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, Mr. Stephen. How are you, girlfriend? I'm good, man friend. <laughs> yeah, I like the light in your eyes. It's just kind of coming in from the window, reflecting <laughs> oh. off of the alligator pond. Oh, <laughs> you look clever. Thank you. You look like you're rip roaring, ready to go. No, I can't stop looking into the light to find the. Well, please don't. <laughs> Your eyes got bigger. I know, and I'm blinking them really slow now. I'm so love, aware. I'm just so excited to be sitting here across from you with headphones on again. Your voice is up close and personal. That is funny because we talk all morning, so really the only difference is. We're wearing headphones. Well, that is true. I mean, we get up pretty early and we have coffee yeah. conversations for a couple of hours before we. That's true. Really it's get just the warm up, the pre podcast well, coffee cool, conversation. Because I got to say, even if you just go down the hallway, there's a hole in my heart. What? I'm waiting for you to return. Oh, that's so yeah. extra, Steve. I didn't and say I that. And I love out loud. that. Did I say and that? And I love loud? that. Can we stop? Can we edit that out of this? Absolutely not. Oh. I have to say, you, you're this is old hat for you. You've been in the broadcast industry pretty much your entire life, even as a kid. But it took me so long to get used to. You mentioned the headphones, so oh, I'm just oh, saying okay. it just it took me so long to get used to hearing my voice being fed back to me through these headphones. And, and that's I mean, a- I was the kind of person who I couldn't even do a voicemail. You know? Well, that's actually, this is actually easier than listening to your voice at, after it's been recorded. Ah, yes. True. Very true. Because even what you're hearing through mm-hmm. the headphones is not authentic to the way that you sound. Not to put any <laughs> undue pressure on you. You're like, if you think this is bad, <laughs> wait till we review that's not what I'm this saying. podcast. You sound great, Maggie. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. I've got a tough question for you. Oh, man. Okay. Now put on your thinking cap. My, my thinking beret. Yes, and that's actually, that's not the question, but if you really did have a thinking cap, what would it look like? <laughs> I think it would definitely be the hat I'm wearing in the in, in the slate, the podcast slate. Well, do you want to take a minute and go get it and put it on? No, it's hot. Well, you want to put on the proverbial beret. <laughs> yes, it's on. Oh, there's some tin foil uh-huh. over here. You want to try, here. try <laughs> that out. That's yours. That's your that's your <laughs> thinking cap, sir. Well, that goes under my cowboy hat. Of course, of course. My cow person hat. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Very quickly, right? <laughs> no, so the first question, or the only question I've got okay. is, is um, mm. what, what is your favorite flower? You know this. You know this answer. Well, I know it, but there are a lot of people right Hydrangeas. now. Hydrangeas. How do you say that? Hydrangeas. <laughs> <laughs> See, not, now I'm going to have to listen think, to this I don't really cringe. think that's quite how it's said, is it? But well, you can say it however you want. It's your flower. <laughs> Thank you. What is a hydrangea? Did I say it wrong? Oh, man. What is that? Now I'm freaked out. (laughs) 
sky. What is that? No, it's well, it's really it's really a flowering shrub, I guess. It's shrub. Technically. Like a bush. Like a bush, yeah. You, um, you walk around holding a bush. No, it's just the flower on the shrub. But I think they're really beautiful oh. because oh, they have okay. I like the aesthetic of them. They're very full. So it's a lot of it looks like one big flower plume, but it's a lot of tiny flowers that make it up. Well that's what and you you carried in our exactly. wedding. Exactly. And I have oh, to say it's right. I mean, on the shrub it's pretty, but I love a bouquet. A bouquet of, of hydrangeas. I just think it's beautiful. It's very full and thick. Well, beyond it being full, lots of things are full. Why do you like the hydrangea? Well, again, it's just the aesthetic of it. It's very, like, I like when things are, you know, sort of lush. You know, there's so much to it. Like a forest. It's very dense. It's it's a lot like a, is it a peony? Peonies? It's a lot like this, those like, as well. They have what a are lot, peonies? Well, they're a lot, they have a similar shape to a hydrangea, I think. They're circular, but they have many, many, many petals, so they're just very dense. Well, I guess this isn't fair because I'm psychoanalyzing why you like something, thinking I'm just curious as to why we like certain things over other things. I think you know, sometimes... It because it's, it's bushy and, and light. Does it smell good? Do you like, does it have an I can't a, say a it scent? has a, I'm sure it smells sweet, but I don't think it's exceptionally sweet compared to maybe some other flowers. Can you eat them? Uh, how hungry are you? <laughs> oh, you can eat know. anything, right? Should you? <laughs> because there are, there are flowers that you can, in the restaurant, but they'll love, put flowers on your food. That's true. I, I don't have any desire to eat flowers there. But I have to say, that's an interesting question you just said. You know, why do we think something's beautiful? And, and I think that's why we're drawn, to, we are drawn to, to art so so much because it you don't have to have a reason you know can we can mm. we not analyze something right because that's what we all do so i'm drawn to something because i think it's beautiful and that probably even even connects back to our genius of purpose and that unique self that that is drawn to something that maybe somebody else is not drawn to but you know your sense of awareness is is attractive to my sense of awareness and so perhaps my curiosity over your what appeals to your awareness is my connection with you. And so my desire to know why the hydrangea is a, an attractive flower to you is probably something that is promoting uh, this this longing within me to know more about your attraction to that flower. And after Alice, we go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> Into the wonderland. So my turn. I'll go now. I like roses. Let's move on. So here we are. It, what? You know, I, I shine a bright in, in <laughs> interrogation spotlighting your face. Why? <laughs> Why do I like Why roses? Why roses? Roses are red and <laughs> violets not, are blue, and I prefer the rose. That's not good enough. It smells good. <laughs> I like, and I do like the the, the scent of a rose. <laughs> did I? Did, did you just gloss over? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. You just glossed over, and that's okay. <laughs> oh, I, that's amazing. Oh, man, you, know, you got me on that one. Well, we've been receiving funny. quite a few questions and yeah, comments from Kinetic sure Believers, have. and if you've submitted one, if you've called in and if you've uh, left a question, please be patient because I'm going to do my best to, to not let more than a few days come and go before I can get around to yeah. it. Yeah, well, today, speaking of those calls, today we have Courtney from Virginia. Hi, Stephen and Megan. Um, so I just heard one of your podcasts, and Megan said, if you're on the fence of calling, just do it. So my name's Courtney. I am from Roanoke, Virginia, 
and I've been practicing kinetic belief for just over a year now. Um, so I had some trying times through the pandemic, and like many people, have struggled with mental um, mental health and um, just finding a way to stay positive and cast down the negativity and um, anxious feelings or fearful feelings um, that come about during trying times. So my question is, um, when when I'm going through a season of of hurt or of um, just, you know, like a trying time uh, mentally, um, it can be very hard to cast down those feelings. Um, and, you know, some of the practices have helped, but I still just find it really difficult to fight against it. And sometimes it, it feels like, you know, the more I fight against it, the more painful it is and the longer that it lasts versus just leaning into what emotions or feelings I'm having um, in a given situation and then allowing myself to feel those feelings and then moving on. Um, but it seems like maybe in kinetic belief, you maybe shouldn't do that. You should just cast down or um, speak it out of existence or just not even consider it. Um, but it's very hard for me to do that. So I'm just wanting Stephen and Megan's perspective on on that, um, on trying times, you know, for people who struggle with mental health. Thank you so much for what you do, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of the Kinetic Belief community. It's been life-changing. No. Um, so have a great day. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Courtney, for the call, wow. and we're thrilled to have you be part of the mm, Kinetic yes. Belief family. And, yeah, you know, that's a great question, and there's a lot actually in there for uh us to attempt to unpack here, and I, I will do my best to to uh, uh, do a little probing, and I, I believe that probably some of the things I can share with you will most definitely set you free, and, and it's going to help change the course of your life, um, I think. Um, people, Courtney, people that are struggling with negative thoughts like you're talking about, negative thinking, and then the resulting emotions that will arise from having allowed, now watch this, allowed those negative thoughts. People that are struggling this way are, and, and to use your language, are is typically, and you'll find this in, in, when we have conversations with them, often they'll talk about having uh, put out the effort to fight against something. They're fighting it. They're, they are... Um, observing it to fight against it. And to fight it, Courtney, you've got to identify with it. That means you're identifying with the things that you're fighting against. And to fight it as you identify with it, you are investing mental resources. You kept using the, the phrase uh, uh, mental illness or mental problems, having mental issues with this. You're using mental resources when you're fighting against negative reasonings, negative things. And it, and it could be negative news regarding, you mentioned the pandemic. It could be negative news regarding the economy, terrorism, riots in the streets. It may be bad things that someone close to you is saying about you or saying about those about the pandemic and the riots and all the news. If, if you've, I know a lot of people have successfully turned that stuff off and they don't want to participate in it. But 
10 minutes later, here comes somebody that is watching it and participating in it, and they pull you right back into the conversation. And so you're mentally trying to fight against that, th- those things. Recognize that those thought forms or those thoughts that are, they are creating forms, whether you're camping out there to entertain it or not, you're still internalizing it. And so it's producing a negative effect of negative emotions and feelings, which is the your sensory perception of the uh, physicality, the location of this information that you're internalizing. So if you're trying to fight against it, that means that, Courtney, you are accepting it. You're accepting the negative opponent that's in opposition to your best life. You're accepting it into your space that you're supposed to be occupying to protect and put pressure on peace to to pressurize the the negative from coming into your space, but you're accepting it. You're saying, come on in and, and camp out here with me. Occupy my space with me. The negative opponent is is in your sphere of influence because you've invited it in to consider it. And so now it has become a very real, tangible, and when I say this, and I'm speaking in the sense of, of quantum mechanics, um, quantum particleization, which we know in the micro expands to the macro to occupy you. Your sort, you we, we are energetics. You are energy. And there, there's particle energy that makes up who you are. And so you're allowing this toxic, negative stuff to come into your life. You're accepting it to become part of the reality for yourself that you're now experiencing. It's become filled with negative, depleting energetics, and you feel this. And so the way that you're identifying with it, you're saying, this is a mental illness. This is mental issues that I don't know how to deal with. So you're looking at and observing the fruit of what actually we can go down to the root cause and understand that you've allowed that opponent to come in and oppose you in your house, the place that you're supposed to be protecting. Mm. Wow. Clinical psychologists, they, they like to label, I think some of the things you're talking about, Courtney, like sadness, uh, depression, those emotions that, are, that validate what you're allowing to come in. You feel bad because you're listening to bad things or you're, you are internalizing a negative uh, dialogue that makes you feel bad. The psychologist will uh, label those things as mental health issues. Okay, the, the terminology you were using. Oh, those are mental health issues. Oh, that's just another mental health issue that you're dealing with. Oh, you've got some mental issues over here. Maybe some medication will help you with that mental issue. What, what happens is this idea is pointing to the sadness. It's pointing to the anxiety, to the depression, to the, your feelings of feeling bad, your inability to maybe sleep at night your frequent emotional distresses that you are communicating to the world around you. And they'll point to all of that as being something of a personal nature. Well, that's just you. That's a physiological response that you're having because of the mental psychosis that is a sickness or an illness that just belongs to you. It's a symptom of sickness. And then that becomes uh, a symmetrical problem rather than a binary one so that we can deal with it recognizing that, no, it, there is an outside influence that has brought you to this, this state of um, unrest, this state of anxiety. Well, how do we know the difference between an outside influence and, you know, you mentioned medication and, and something that is a, a true imbalance that needs 
that needs, uh, you know, some attention. Well, when you say true imbalance, and I, I assume you're, you're maybe referencing a, a, a chemical imbalance, mm-hmm. something that we can point to, even with chemical imbalances, something that's important to recognize is that a chemical balance is, is it just means that your look at it like it's a railroad track that your well-being follows and travels along. And a person who is, for example, um, manic depressiveness or, or let's just say panic attacks, mm-hmm. uh, for example, a person who suffers from panic attacks is going along doing just fine. And more often than not, the thing that will uh, cause the, the chemical imbalance to take place in the first place is su- a suppressed state of being. Mm. A child who's not able to run, mm-hmm. um, a, a young person who feels oppressed by their environment, they're mm-hmm. a people pleaser, they're looking for validation that doesn't show up, they're being, or they're, they're receiving negative validation, they're receiving the negative input from the environment around them. Mm-hmm. And if this goes on long enough and long enough and long enough, it will actually cause the, the, the track, the railroad track that is responsible for effectively moving the biological chemicals down the track to become broken. And so you go off rail and there's a chemical imbalance that it's the body trying to align with a negative influence Mm. that produces a physiological response that can then be observed medically as a chemical imbalance. So there's something there that that began the process of putting pressure on the physical body to cause it to conform in a broken way with the broken state of being or the broken uh, state of, of consciousness. So the issue is, is what we now know in, in scientifically is that all mental health issues are implicated by the, the well in which one drinks from. Mm. Oh, wow. What a, what a wonderful analogy to, to understand mental health and the, you know, being on the rail versus derailing and, and, the, and really the source of, of these issues. Right. And so, you know, when we talk about being on the, on the rail or off the rail, mm-hmm. there, there certainly are medications that can help put the rail back together. Right. And to, you know, to, uh, to, reconstruct what needs to be reconstructed for the the chemical interaction yeah. to be uh, healing appropriated yeah, in the proper way yeah. but for it to stay aligned alignment's required in the with the mental constructs of our idea of reality around us right the mm. if if you if a person sups with the toxic, if we drink from a toxic well, the results of the negative nutritional input is a negative toxic producing output. Now wow. something happens to the body and it, and it manifests in ways of cancer, of sickness, disease, uh, organ failure, of chemical imbalances, things that happen to the body that's trying to justify the the supping of the toxic well, the toxins that are coming in are creating reconstructing in a negative way the physical mm. body. Interesting how you're almost describing uh, 
something being generated. Um, the first thing that popped into my mind was how electricity is present and available, but it must be generated and captured for us to, mm. to even utilize it. Mm. And, and same goes, it seems like, positivity. You know, we, we cannot sit around waiting for positivity to fall upon us. It's something that we're constantly generating and, and making sure that we're, that our source, our source of information, our source of influence is clean and positive mm. because we're constantly generating these ideas and these, these, these sub, very substantial influences that are going to affect our mental right. state. Well, and I think, I think even a, a probably a little, a, a better way to understand this is mm-hmm. that there are two components to this. We are we are generating the thought constructs. We're responsible for those. We do not re, we do not, however, generate energetics. Mm. Ener, we are not generating the energy that we are. We're not generating the the even the vibrational frequency that we are. Now, what we are doing is we are responsible for the thought constructs that will align us with the energy that already is. Mm. So we are connected, we're connected to a higher energy, which is, we understand that is consciousness that already is. Mm. There is a greater source that we align our inner being with, Mm. that we sup with, that we intake the purest form of life rather than the toxic form. And that's, that's the choice that we're accountable for. That's, that's where we do control uh, the, the essence of life that we're going to experience. And what a powerful and, and very vital distinction to, to get a hold of, this idea that these energetics are a flow. And our actions, our ideas, we are either stepping into a positive energetic flow or we're stepping mm-hmm. into a negative right. one. Right. And just the again the visual the visual of that is is, mm. is very powerful and it's an important distinction to to understand all of us create our reality human beings create their reality courtney's creating her reality reality serves it does not create we are not creations of reality around us now it may appear that way right and we may allow the influences of of the environment to create reality for us. But the truth of the matter is, is that human beings are creating their reality. Let me explain this. The, let's go back to the birth of quantum physics, which is in the early 1900s. And it made it clear that light, for example, is made up of these tiny invisible units or quanta of energy that we call photons. Fundamental questions about the very nature of reality lingered and lingered, and the technology just was not there to create the experiments that were being imagined and until the late 20th century. And then experiments began to relate then on a very real, in a very real tangible way to particle acceleration, which we know of with CERN, mm-hmm. the, you know. Joy talking about yes. CERN. And those experiments related to particle acceleration began to reveal answers to these very fundamental questions that, you know, Courtney has and so many other people have, uh, at revealing that the quantum world, which we're part of, because for understanding, which is so vital to our success, we go down to the quantum level to see who are we really? What makes us tick? What is the small stuff that we're made of? And why? what is cause and effect? Why do things work and operate the way that they do? And Megan, what is being revealed in the quantum world is that 
on the quantum level, all things that are as we see them is actually influenced by human consciousness. Mm. Human consciousness is different than the, the domain of consciousness that is throughout the universe in that it, it has been uh, affected and afflicted and then contrived and reformed by thought forms or the authority that we have to reimagine a thing as we would rather it be or as we imagine it to be rather than the original intention for what it should be. So we're dealing with human consciousness which then versus Consciousness, which is the perfected state of being. Conscious, universal consciousness, which we are all attached to. There's no such thing as individual consciousness outside of human consciousness. Mm -hmm. Human consciousness being your effect to consciousness. Individual consciousness, what consciousness would uh, point to the possibility of you having a consciousness, me having a consciousness, Courtney having a consciousness, but that's just not, that is not the way that we are created. We are all part of one consciousness from what created all that there is, all things being constructed from the same thing, but where we uniquely get involved is what we do with our portion, with the consciousness that we are. And so we give our minds, you could say, an agency. Our minds have this agency and a place in the ontology, which is the science of the nature of our being in the universe. Uh, and we, our, our minds have an agency to determine the life that we're going to experience. So the mathematics, even in their most abstract form, indicate that reality doesn't exist until it's observed. The reality that Courtney is experiencing is the one that she is observing for whatever reason she's observing it the way that she is. Are you presenting the higher self, this consciousness, as something that is, in a sense, detached from it? Let me, let me start over. So, so Courtney was asking about, okay, when I have negative emotions, and she mentioned negative emotions, is that mm -hmm. something that the, the higher self, this higher consciousness, is detached from and is observing is our higher self observing negative emotions and then sort of deciding how to what to do with them? Actually, the the lower state of being, the egoist self, is the observer of the emotions because it's it's the it, it's the uh, consequential uh, component of emotions. In other words, emotions are being is the physiological response to what we are allowing or determining that we will think about and observe. Right. Well, yeah, I, yes, because. And it's interesting because emotions, I think, can be one of the most difficult uh, pieces of this puzzle because they are they 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 do feel quite personal, and you and it's so difficult to not just completely attach your identity, like you're saying, to the negative emotion because of the sensation, because of the feeling it's presenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and emotions are a great uh, sense of checking oneself. If you're feeling bad, there is an intellectual reason that you're feeling bad. Mm -hmm. There is, there is a, more likely than not, there has been a, an occasion for uh, internalizing negative thinking, negative thoughts, mm -hmm. being around a negative source of some kind, of some type, that then will manifest in those negative feelings and negative emotions. Yeah, those—that's uh, the precursor to the feelings that then show up. And that's this is very this is hitting me very hard right now. So just 
recognizing that when you're experiencing a negative emotion, it, it came from somewhere. Negative right. emotions, it, they are not autonomous unto mm. themselves. They, they have to have a source. Mm. And so rooting out the source... That, that's a big part of this. And interesting, it is. And there's an interesting thing about How did emotions. You get in here? Because, you know, that is, that is the most simplistic way of understanding feelings and emotions, but it can get, get even a little more tricky and complicated than that, mm-hmm. in that we share energetics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the sharing of energetics, this goes beyond words. You can be literally around a negative person. This is just someone that internalizes negative dialogue. They've got a negative story they keep telling themselves. Mm. And they can enter into a room and neither one of you say anything. Mm. But you just know that you know that something is not quite right. It's lowering your, lowering your vibration. You're, you're sharing energy. Wow. There's a, a sharing and a, an exchange of energetics here. That's why choosing friends wisely is so vital to your success because it is impossible. In fact, you are um, uh, misled if you think that you can have a, a friend that's toxic and it not become you and affect you mm. in a very real tangible way. Right. Choosing our friends that are positive is important, so important to you, and it's important that you be positive for them as well. And you began by mentioning that be, even being in the same arena with and contending with, going sort of head-to-head with these negative energetics, these negative emotions, is a, an issue in, in itself. And so I'm wondering if, are you telling us that by, by raising our energetics, we are by default taking care of this, and we should not be contending with it? Well, and I would say that actually you raise your energetics by not contending with it. Mm. it, right. it you can't, we can't raise energetics unless we do the mental work of disassociating with those things that lower the energetics. So that's wow. the energetics is like a swimming pool being filled with water or the water being emptied from the pool. There's something you have to do to empty or fill the pool. Mm-hmm. So you're going into the pump room and you're opening valves and closing valves and you're doing <laughs> the things that you mechanically right. on purpose need to do to raise that level level or to lower the level. Wow. Belief is vital to the success of all of us. What we adhere to and rely on. Well, what is belief? It's what we're observing. In other words, what we are thinking about negatively or positively. If you're thinking about the bad news of the pandemic, that's what you're believing. That's what you are observing. And so therefore it becomes your reality, which doesn't exist until it's observed. This is scientifically proven. I think that's one of those truths that can be hard to accept because our ideas of belief are quintessentially different because obviously we we gather so much information through society and you think, well, I, I didn't believe for that. I didn't want that to happen. And that's not really the point that you're making. That The point is that you, you're focusing on it. You're, you're hyping up your focus toward this singular point, and that is belief. And, and, and I think that distinction can be, it can be difficult to accept. Like, no, I'm just thinking about it. I'm not believing it. <laughs> I swear. Well, here, here, is you know? the, here is the objective reality of what you're talking about. You are a factory, a, a powerhouse for creation. According to the, the standards and the dictates of what you choose to believe. So there, there you are, this amazing 
supernatural, creative creator having a natural experience here on this little ball of dirt called Earth. (laughs) There you are, powerful, amazing human being. There's seven billion of you. So in essence, there are seven billion realities that are all taking place at once. And the emergence of all of these realities are creating an an objective reality of some sort that is this mirage of this meandering thought forms that morph and twist and turn becoming one thing one day and meaning something else the other day. Nothing that can be... Um, you know, rooted down for any kind of fixated understanding because you've got 7 billion realities trying to objectively exist at the same time. Mm. So how do we deal with that in this realm, in this world? We have to retreat back into the one oneness that we are and to subjectively promote our own personal reality of vibrating on a high level of joy and happiness and peace and and health and well-being so that it is no longer uh, intoxicated by the toxic effects of multiple realities all trying to take place at the same time. Wow. And the way that we do this is we have to, we get into the business of no longer measuring other the performance of other people. We don't look at that one and say, well, that's really good. And we don't look at this one over here and say, that's really bad. They just are. Mm-hmm. So we're no longer measuring that for what they are. And by doing that, we maintain the space that we're occupying, which is in the presence of now, this oneness that we are with the, the source of all that is good. Mm. And we protect that by choosing very carefully to protect it from anything that would try to access us to make it something that it's not. All of this is, this is why Jesus said, if you believe and do not doubt or allow yourself to be drawn in two directions— it will happen, and whatever you ask for believing, you will receive. You keep moving your hand up and down, and it makes me think that you're signaling a vertical way of living as opposed to a horizontal way. That's it. That's oneness, oneness with source, oneness with life, with mm. essence. And my hand goes up and down like that <laughs> instead, because if you point outward and you look outward, you're going to find another version of what you should uh, that you should not be rather than what you should be Mm. now elementary quantum phenomenon is it's a phenomenon until it is a uh, registered observed indelibly recorded phenomenon and what i mean by that is all phenomenon can be construed as being miraculous once it is observed and believed by courtney to be true for her her the reality that she's choosing to believe So we protect our gates, we protect our eyes and our ears, and our mouth is one of them. If you find yourself speaking and repeating the the fear and, well, did you hear what happened in in Miami? Did you hear what happened in Iraq? Did you hear what they're doing in Iran? Are you paying attention to what the Russians are doing or the Britons are doing or the Americans are doing or what they're doing in whatever, wherever, and if it's bad and bad news, you become, you're becoming a perpetuator mm-hmm. of a negative reality that doesn't exist in your realm until you give it life. I think you just answered a question that, that I had. And the question is, can we permanently overcome negative emotions? And I think it's, and I think I'm asking the wrong question now. I guess the real question is, can we permanently turn off the negative energy sources. The generators, yes. And that's what we're talking about. That's how we shut it down. Mm. 
and only think on these things. Shut it down. Shut it down. That's <laughs> how we do it. Because you know what, Megan? We're yeah. all connected by consciousness. Right. And that consciousness in this vertical way of understanding is all that is good. But we create the reality that we're going to experience. It's up to us. You are the final authority in your life. And that's the dominion that you are created with, is to have that final authority. The, there is only one consciousness, and that is the cosmic consciousness. And that's what we remain connected to. Understand that the cosmic consciousness is expanding. It is life. It's what gives the hydrangea the bush. It's what makes the rose have the, the good smell. And the, it's what causes you know, life to grow and to, to reach and to want to expand and become more. We're the same way. But what makes us different is that we create the reality we're going to experience. Right. Because we were created in the image of the, a creator that has bias. We have bias. You can choose bad. You can choose good. You can choose the reality that you will experience. So when we're experiencing negative emotions, is that the question we're supposed to ask ourselves? How, how did I, what did I do to, to create this reality? Look at emotions and feelings as fruit. Mm-hmm. It's fruit. That's all it is. It's not the cause of, of a uh, unhappy life. The cause of the unhappy life is the suggestions that were articulated mentally in, in thought forms or the things that you've talked about, the things that you've subjected yourself to, the conversations you've been having, the, and the thinking. It goes right back to the thinking. The feelings and the emotions are the fruit of all of that, mm-hmm. not the cause of it. A lot of people think that, well, I feel bad, so I'm going to talk bad and act bad and think bad. Mm-hmm. Now, the feelings came, they, they are consequential to wow. the thinking. The thinking is where we control all of all of life. That creates the real, reality that we're going to experience emotionally and with our feelings. I've heard you say before that at all times we are communing with positive energetics or negative energetics, and I, f- I feel like what you're what you're saying right now it really speaks to that truth, and it's it's a refresher even in this concept that there is no neutral, there is no no man's land in between negative and positive energetics. We are we have to embrace and and accept the fact that this is our reality. That is now that is the true reality that we can never be neutral in this. We are always communing with one or the other. Right. You know, you think of high high vibrational frequency or you're feeling really good and you're 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 up here and mm-hmm. all is well. Your thoughts are great and you're feeling great and your emotions are stellar and you're just pumped up. And I love the story Jesus told or was told about him where he's in the middle of a crowd and he's got this, the, the virtue is a word that's used for this high vibrational state of being. Mm-hmm. And he's in this essence, this place, and he's vibrating on this high frequency and womp. He feels the, the a negative feeling drains from him and he turns and looks around and he wants to know who touched me. Mm. Wow. He felt virtue leave from him energetics he felt negative emotions come upon him why there was an action before the feeling Mm. something tangible had to happen either it had to be articulated in his mind or articulated in the natural with a touch with with the movement of something negative coming into his environment Mm. consciousness refers to our individual awareness 
awareness of what's going on around us, of our unique thoughts, of uh, memories, of what we are thinking about, and then the feelings and sensations and all of that uh, comes from the environment that we are allowing ourselves to be immersed within. Mm. Essentially, consciousness is our sense of awareness of ourself and the world around us. The, the manipulated consciousness that we are participating in is our response to that. So if you judge negatively, you create negatively. So how do we not judge negatively? You see all of this stuff, and I can just, I can hear Courtney, well, Steve, you're not living my life. You don't know who, who's sharing my space with me. <laughs> you don't know the people that I have to work with and sure. all these things. How do we not do that? How do we not judge negatively? Jesus told his followers to stop calling him good. Isn't that amazing? He's, don't call me that. Well, what was he saying? He was saying that there is nothing bad. There is nothing good. Things just are outside of, of the thought forms that I choose for myself. So, he said, this is the space of peace. Courtney, you have a space of peace that's around you that's only occupied by you. Now, you may live with other people that don't share the same ideas of that that you do. You may have to work with others. But there's a space around you of peace, or what Eastern religions refer to as Zen. Measurements, or what's good or bad, define you as good or bad. In other words, if you are measuring those around you as saying, this is toxic, this is good, this is bad, then that's going to redefine you. So when we allow things to be as they are, rather than if you watch or hear a story that's terrible, and this is such a deep thing for me to get into here at the end of this podcast, but if you hear something that you know is just really bad news and you identify with that, you're measuring that to say this is, in other words, you're judging it. And by judging it and measuring it, then that becomes you. You're, you're drawing from the bad energetics. You're internalizing that. If you could see just this a tornadic, uh, energetic pulling from its environment th- debris, then it depletes the, the, the high vibrational tornadic energetic to become less than it, what it's supposed to be. Does that make this, this thing over here that's bad? Does it mean that we approve of it? Absolutely not. We nothing of that. <laughs> we, we keep our tornadic vibrational energetic in its stellar form by not anything of that. <laughs> that thing just is. We don't participate. We don't commune with that. We don't enter into that to measure it as good or bad. We separate ourselves to maintain this there's the, the linear direction again. You just are. I am, therefore I am. Well, what are you? Ah, that's my opportunity to create. You've, you've spoken about making sure that, you know, I love the valve analogy of you're, in the, you're back in the pump room at the pool and, and what valves are on, what valves are off, and... and you know, obviously, we're turning off the, the source of toxicity to not receive negative energetics. So we're making sure that what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're consuming into our spirit, into ourselves is positive. And so it seems like just as much as we need to make sure we're turning off the negative sources, that we're also 
finding, discovering, and 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 paying attention to what's working in the positive energetic source as well. So we're turning off the negative, but I'm also wondering what are the best practices to find positive energetic sources that will feed us and that will help us raise this vibration? Is it as simple as you know, being eating nutritious food and working out, or is it? does it require more than that? It does, and that what it requires is that you're writing your story. You're, you are constructing the blueprint, the, the journal for your life, and then you can step into the subjective pump room of the pool house, <laughs> which you're now going to determine and choose which valves you're going to open and which ones you're going to close according to the story that you've been writing for yourself. And if you can describe something that you're experiencing in words, then it becomes part of your, your human consciousness, the reality that you're going to create for yourself. Human consciousness being your part in the decision maker of what you're choosing to imagine to believe for yourself, drawing from the essence of consciousness, which that is where the state of being that all things are good mm-hmm. in the universe with all of the constructed, all the blocks for constructing our life are there. There only is good. The destructiveness of chaos does not exist in consciousness. It's only when it has been interfered with with negative consciousness or human consciousness, that it becomes something other than its original intention. I love that you just spoke to to the power of articulation, what we're really doing when we're journaling, because it is interesting how that puts pressure on us to fully develop the image of the life that we desire, what our heart's desires are, how we see things as they are in this present moment. And there's a real, because it's the negative that we can so easily articulate. And that's why it can have power if we're not shutting off those source valves, because we've seen it. You know, you mentioned the news. I mean, you could, obviously you can articulate something negative that you've just seen, but the things that we're, I know for me personally, the things that I'm articulating in my journal, they are from my imagination and they require me to, to meditate upon them and to, to give them form and life and outline and detail because it's something that I'm, it's the, the something that you're bringing in from seemingly the nothing. Well, this is what makes you so remarkable in that you are developing. Mm. You're developing through a lifetime. Mm. By being able to choose and to articulate according to the dictates of your standards that you choose in alignment with what should be, not what is, not what is objectively. Your conscious experiences, the reason they're constantly shifting and changing is because of the shifting and changing of what you're choosing to believe, to adhere to, and to rely on. Mm. And actually, as... Many kinetic believers have already attested to when you start doing the work of being a KB, there are going to be uh, highs and lows as you're becoming unattached to things that were sentimental to you, mm. where you, you were deriving a, a false sense of self-worth from. But by separating from those things, you're articulating this higher form and essence and place and purpose for being. The separation of all that's not good then sets you free to become more. Your space becomes enlarged. Your territory becomes enlarged. For example, in one moment you may be focused on the light of your inner being. And you may have done the work. It could be you've just, you're coming out of your hygge room 
and uh, you're coming down the hallway and you're ready to make a sandwich. <laughs> there for a while, it's lunchtime. So you've been there's, focused on that. There's always a sandwich in my hygge room. <laughs> you, you've got one going in, you're right. coming out to get one. <laughs> but, but, but your conscious a- awareness, maybe it's, it's just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Because of the world that we're in and the seven billion realities that are wrestling one with the other for recognition. In just a few minutes. And you you shift. You shift to the memory of a conversation you had earlier with a coworker. Mm. And, and next you might notice how uncomfortable your chair is while you're putting some mayo on your sandwich. And maybe you're just you're you're mentally planning dinner, something happens that moves you, shifts awareness from your higher state of being. But this ever-shifting stream of thoughts, it can change dramatically, you see, from one moment to the next. But your experience of the shifting realities, it seems smooth, mm-hmm. and it seems effortless, and you're, you're flowing with it like a belly dancer, just flowing with the beat <laughs> and flowing with the movement. Yes. Seamless, right? I love it. I used to play tennis with a friend who seamlessly and effortlessly moved from the positive to the negative. <laughs> he he would hit, he would serve an ace, and he's just so smiley and happy and Snoopy dance, and no, not a worry in the world. And then he would double fault and break his racket. Now, how do you get from one extreme to the other that quickly? It was just this effortless, seamless dance of dynamics going back and forth between those two worlds. But that's what happens. We get used to that, and we become yeah. practiced in that, so we accept it. Mm. And we accept it because we don't recognize it for what it is. Mm. John McEnroe, but the world is a stage to, to show us exactly what that looks like. He's like, I'm passionate. For all the millennials, that was a tennis player. (laughs) And Zijans. All you guys. Zijans. And whoever else. And whoever else. (laughs) Didn't play tennis. (laughs) But alignment causes the effects of your life. Mm. Alignment is Is the the cause cause of the effects of your life. Wow. Business success is an effect. It's not an exception to the law of cause and effect. Mm. It's an effect. However, the cause is alignment, what we're aligning ourselves with, and that's the choice. Those are the choices that we make. So we can't say my business failed and I had nothing to do with it. Mm. No, it's it's the effect of what you aligned yourself with, whether you knew better or not. It has nothing to do with (laughs) what you know or don't know. People perish for lack of knowledge all the time. Sadness is caused by alignment. Mental distress is caused by alignment, which creates reality. For a successful person to be made, it's necessary to make a person to know what concepts will result in success that they may align with and who will then direct his energies to do those things by believing that reality. And the first essential to all of this is that this person should assume the attitude of redirecting their sense of Mm -hmm. identity, redirecting their sense of self. This is really, for me, this is really peak revelation of why the journal, the guided journal, is so vital and is so truly important in, in this journey and to have success. Years ago, 
you and I were doing some nonprofit work up in the Appalachian Mountains and mm-hmm. very remote, very rural. Um, and I had print, this is before GPS, so believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I had printed off the, you know, what, what was it back then? MapQuest or something? Sure. That sounds right. But I had printed off. Well, you get, what was it, a Tom Tom? Is that what they call those things? This was before that. Okay. Or maybe I was too poor to afford one. <laughs> we had just met. So, but. Anyways, so I just remember I printed off the route. I printed off the map, and it has, you know, one page, and it has the route. And I'm driving home. It's been a long day. It's a probably a four-hour drive. I'm by myself, and I got lost. I missed a turn somewhere. But I remember realizing that, you know, the, the turn I've missed is not on the map because it's just it's showing my original route. So I have no nothing to ping off of i have i have no point of points of reference to find my way back to the original route to where i'm going so long story short it took me like six extra hours <laughs> to get home <laughs> but that's how i see the journal you know we try to go through life with this map with where most of it's missing mm-hmm. but the journal gives us all of the points of reference we could possibly need to do everything that you're mm-hmm speaking to us and and telling us about today because you're talking about alignment you're talking about high vibration making sure that we are living in this aligned way because the fruit of that alignment makes our life Mm -hmm. and that's all going to stem from the anchor point the points of reference that we can adhere to and rely on in our journal and without that i don't i honestly don't know how i would do this how i would be successful in this journey well, it's a it's a it's a crapshoot. <laughs> the sci- right? Look at it scientifically, right? right. It's because a Courtney, you're Courtney's. You're either you're either being self directed, or directed by the suggestions that come from your environment. The person who's negatively self directed creates within themselves anxiety. Now, this self direction it can be a result of negative self talk. It could be imitating what you've been listening to, or it can come. It can come in the form of any other tolerated suggestions. Mm. You're tolerating MapQuest. You're tolerating whatever you're choosing to tolerate. But the, <laughs> the person who is directed by suggestions has a destiny which is decided by heredity and environment. Right. The self-directing person doesn't allow their thoughts to be dictated by heredity. They don't allow their thoughts to be directed by the environment. They don't allow their thoughts to be directed by the stars. The kinetic believer thinks what they want to think, what they choose to think, and if their scope of thought doesn't suit them, they um, contract a better thought. Life Success in this universe depends upon your life policies. And policy can only be formulated by thought. Therefore, whether a person is happy, joyous, healthy, wealthy, at peace within, uh, then you know, that, that's going to determine whether or not they succeed or fail depending on the way that a person should think or not. It comes right back to the thought and thought processes. The afflicted person, mentally, whatever, whatever uh, 
clinical psychologists want to label it as. The afflicted person only thinks the thoughts which are suggested by their environment. And so they can only do what those around them think or tell them that they think they can or cannot do. Right. And all those patterns, are they're always predetermined. They're, you know, that's why you have things like generational poverty and generational mm. depression, generational uh, genetic disease even. That's right. It sounds simple because it is. Mm. It sounds difficult because we can make it difficult. So when we ask the question, what am I supposed to do with negative thoughts? It sounds like the, the error is in the question itself because we, we're asking, we're presupposing that we're going to do something with them. Don't reason with them. They're going to show, you cannot prevent negative thoughts from showing up. What you can prevent yourself from doing is reasoning with negative thoughts. They only produce a negative outcome. I love that bird analogy that you always say, how does it go? You, you cannot, oh, I can't remember. We say Thoughts it. are like birds. You can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from building a nest in your hair. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Your reality is for you to choose, Courtney, make it a good one. Let's say some things out loud here. Just say, today I will observe. Today I will observe. Fascinating and exciting new paths to pursue. Fascinating and exciting new paths to pursue. I trust my creative genius. I trust my creative genius. And always make decisions. And always make decisions. That become great. That become great. I am excitedly focused. I am excitedly focused. On manifesting my life goals. On manifesting my life goals. And I'm passionate. I'm passionate. About my creative authority. About my creative authority. I have no stress. I have no stress. I don't hurry or worry. I don't hurry or worry. I love living. I love living. And I am grateful. I'm grateful. To see more of me. To see more of me. Today. Today. I am growing to advance. I am growing to advance. In my fullest potential. In my fullest potential. I possess the substance. I possess the substance. Of my beliefs. Of my beliefs. To pass through any obstacle. To pass through any obstacle. That should ever come. That should ever come. Right now. Right now. I'm using my authoritative power. I am using my authoritative power. To create all the success. To create all the success. And prosperity I could ever desire. And prosperity that I could ever desire. Life is amazing. Life is amazing. Because I am amazing. Because I am amazing. I really do love me. I really do love me. Just like I am. Just like I am. This is my one natural life. This is my one natural life. So I am going to fully. I'm going to fully. Abundantly. Abundantly. Live it. Live it. Today. Today. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sending in that question. I really, I love today's podcast because it took us through, I feel like you took us through this cosmic journey of understanding of positives and negatives. We, we have absolutely not just risen to another level, but the concept of this vertical way of living is so profound. And I'm saying this not just because it sounds good, but because we really truly are all connected. Mm. So I'm sending out much love Mm. and light to all the KBs all around the world. And thanks, as usual, Stephen, for all the wisdom. Bye.